Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. We've got a a writer today, um, all the way from the great state of Florida. We've got Stephanie Levine. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys for having me. It's awesome to be here. We'll see if you say that at the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, Stephanie. Where did it all start for you? How did you get into writing? Um, I think probably just like all writers, I've been doing it forever. I was a creative type in a lot of ways. And um, I started, you know, back, well, back in the day, of course, I did writing in high school and in college. But that's been a while. It's been a while since then. Um, and then I had a couple of professional careers. Not to give, not a spoiler. Um, but, uh, and uh, I worked in the film industry in New York for many years and um and as a professional photographer and things like that but i had decided to become a writer early on and then i kept accidentally not and then going into these other careers and so i would sit down and write a book and then i would become a photographer i'd do this very roundabout way of <laughs> finally finally um i think i came to that point that i realized that you put so much work into any job you do and into any career you partake and that that if I were to become a writer or when I were when I was going to become a writer I would have to start from the bottom and put all that work in again and climb the ladder again which I had done multiple times in creative fields and creative careers that I loved but I always knew that I was supposed to write and so even though I kept avoiding it, eventually I said, well, I just need to start because I'm going to 
I have to start from the bottom and build up just like I did in all my other careers. And so I did, and it has been wonderful, rainbow-filled days ever since. Wow. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's it. What a great show. No, I was um, – But so you were in the film industry, so did you work with the great Harvey Weinstein? Or? Oh, yeah, best friends. No. Actually, edit that out. Just kidding. <laughs> no, um, I'm – And my career was ruined today. Um, no, I yeah. worked mostly in television commercials, uh, which I I started in the film industry sort of just like I moved to New York, sight unseen. Um, I lived in Bed-Stuy, or actually, sorry, Bushwick, um, and then Bed-Stuy a bit back in the day before it was what I hear it is right now, and didn't know anything, and I started um, interning even though I was not a student, and I said I was, and it was a whole thing and uh where i just didn't know what i was doing it was a very fake it till you make it kind of thing and uh there was commercials shooting at the time where um sopranos and sex in the city shot at this one studio so i finagled my way into there and then i finagled my way into my first job and that happened to be on a television commercial so i did a large the large majority of my career was in advertising television commercials and i also did feature feature films and some TV, but I was told early on that I had to promise to never get into television because the hours are terrible and the pay is terrible and it just grinds people down, um, even though we had Law & Order and other shows that shot there all the time. Um, I kind of avoided that because I made a hinky promise to a grip one day early on. <laughs> mm. Well, there you go. We might hear a little bit more about that promise yeah. later. Um, <laughs> Now, so when you, um, you say you've been writing and you've always had that in you, uh, but can you pinpoint what exactly happened that made you feel confident enough to send it to a publisher or to think that people would want to read what, you, what you've written? Um, I think that's two-pronged, that being in creative fields prior to it, uh, I saw that I think that there's a lot of talent in the world and you just have to get out there and start doing. Like I was never a trained photographer. I never planned to become a photographer or a graphic designer and I did that for years. And I specialized in underwater portraits and architectural high-end interior photography. Um, so working with uh, designers, interior designers and stuff, which I had no training in, no schooling in. And I had a really great career doing that. And the same thing basically in the, the film industry. And so... I knew that I was relatively competent, talented or competent enough to, you know, as a writer and as a creative person and anything I didn't know, I would just build on. You're always going to get better. You know, any, there's an audience for everybody and I've always been a, considered a, a good or a decent writer, I guess, um, a storyteller. And so I sort of just had that built in, I guess, uh, some sort of, I don't know if it was confidence, really, because most writers were not completely very confident. Most creative people are not, but um, in that, you know, we always talk ourselves through or out of things. But um, so I just knew that I needed to learn the, the business side. And so I went into, when I finally did make the transition into writing, I went into it writing under pen names so that I could really learn the business. And that was incredibly helpful. I wrote under a number of pen names and no one knew what I was doing and that allowed me to learn how to produce books and 
write and do the business side and take the ego out of it as much as is possible, which is a lot easier when you're a fake person. And so um, that, <laughs> and now I actually, now that I do write under my own name as well, I'm constantly having this sort of discussion. It's like the angel devil or the two little people on your shoulders where, you know, one is sort of my business sided little friend and the other one is like the little creative writer. And I'm like, we just hire you, friend. Like, you get to come in and write a book, and that's just a part of it. And then the other part, you know, it's like, okay, now we have to take the book over and do the business side. So, like, stop getting caught up in this minutia. You know, producing and writing and creating a book, it's a much bigger thing than just the one part of writing it. So, I don't know. Did that answer your question? I, I said two-pronged, and then I got lost. <laughs> so, that was a prong. That was a prong. I was wondering, too, uh, you've had a lot of very interesting careers, film industry, photography. Do you find that um, you uh, bring those experiences into uh, your novels and, and, you know, when you create a story? Yeah, I think I've, generally speaking, had a relatively interesting life to me, at least. And so I bring a lot. I've had a very strange <laughs> life, and I've done a lot of weird things. Um, and so I think that informs my stories a lot. You know, sometimes the characters... Um, you know, might have the jobs or whatnot, but just characters, the people I've been around, the things I've been around, I think that those make their way into the stories a lot. Um, I've never been an accountant. I did that in a, in a romance book once. I was like, I guess you should just have a regular job. I'm like, oh, this is very foreign to me. <laughs> like, I have no idea. There's a receptionist, right? You know, so um, I think, yeah, my real life experience probably informs my stories a lot. You know, your pen names, um, why, why did you use pen names uh, so much? Were you running from the law, or what was, was there, uh, what was your reasoning? I just, I'm always curious about pen names. We talked about the law thing before, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you just bring that up. I'm in Florida. Oh, I'm right. halfway. I'm almost. I'm almost out of here. Um, yeah. Actually, all my new series going forward are about um, people who've like faked their own death, or main, the main heroine is a. Uh, I'm, like, weirdly obsessed with that recently. So that will be our next conversation next time I'm on. But, um, yeah, no, it was really more of a – I didn't think of it as a bravery thing so much as much – even though I think that was partially what it was, is, like, just removing the – removing myself from the equation in that – removing the the ego or the, the fear. It's like, I need to produce books. And, and I'm saying produce because, you know, there's a lot that goes into creating a book. And um, aside from just coming up with a story, and I needed to be able to learn that whole process and not get caught up on, oh, no, no one's going to like it. Or, you know, this, this isn't the best thing I've ever written. This is my opus. Oh, my gosh. And so it was really helpful to be able to put that pen name on. Also, pen names fit really well on the cover of books. They seem so much nicer. Um, someone who's weird with names, you know, like a word person, and so it was really nice to be able to create nice short names that look great on the cover. But also, just it removed the, it removed the, the connection that made it scary. I think at first, when I knew I needed to write, but I knew I needed to learn marketing and all those things. And so having pen names allowed me to try different subgenres so I could try writing in different things. I'd never read or written romance and that's 
one of the things I started in, and I that was surprising to me, but it allowed me to, um, you know, have these personalities or these pen names and and write in those genres, and it was fun. But I, I think it's a good shield in some ways, and it built me up to understand the business without being, you know, becoming fragile or crushed. And I'm not a particularly fragile person, but all of us go through it, you know. Yeah. Well, I just I, it's just interesting that you say it kind of give you a shield. Um, is it is it people that you know personally that you're that you don't always necessarily want to know want them to know what you're writing? Um, no, I think it was more for for me, probably shielding myself from my own criticism, um, and maybe maybe a little bit in the beginning, but not really. I'm overly open, probably generally speaking. So I'm. I'm very willing to talk about almost anything with people and and share. I really think that sharing information is something we need to do more just in general because we learn from each other and we help each other. And so I'm I'm not a especially closed off or private person, and maybe that was part of it too. I'm almost too accessible once I open up, and so like I can do all or nothing. And so it was um, it was really it was really just more my own critic who wanted to who wants to make things perfect you know like the perfectionist side of me i knew would get in my own way of being able to write and publish books if that makes any sense well yeah yeah for sure now now you can let people know that you've written a lot for penthouse yeah finally <laughs> finally you know the family won't be embarrassed anymore they have them all um, up on the wall <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Happy birthday. Um, wow. What, a, what kind of an interviewer is this guy? Um, well, but it's interesting because um, I find myself, and it's probably more so you or, or fiction writers, rather, because I deal with nonfiction, true crime, all that sort of stuff. So I can't create my characters, and I can't really create what they have done or what they're going to do, like all of those sort of things are kind of, they've happened and it's more like reporting. But in your particular case, you were writing characters that um, do things, but you get to decide the ending. You get to decide what they do, how they do it, how they interact, like all those parts. But it seems like most of the fiction writers I've interviewed in the past say that they're uh, putting a lot of themselves into each of the characters that they have in the book. And I always wonder, so if you do that, you're kind of giving away some of your own feelings, some of your own thoughts, some of your own ideas um, in these characters, and you're kind of exposing yourself. And, and I wonder if that makes you feel vulnerable at times. No, because you, you do conspiracy theories, right? So am I, am, I, uh, am I being vulnerable or am I implanting information to them through... Like, um, no, I never, I never necessarily feel vulnerable in that way. Um, I put me, but I put other people too. So I could very well write a character, you know, based on you. I, I combine people <laughs> I have a lot in. I'll, I'll get <laughs> shot in the road. I'm in the sure. Adult, <laughs> um, you can find him at. He was, he was the yeah. villain of this book. <laughs> <laughs> 
but, but but how much? What, what do you feel about your characters then? Because again, I get uh, a lot of people. I get all sorts of weird answers. You know, as far as I'm concerned, people say, "Oh, my characters like my family, or they're like my friends, or I love my characters, or they're this and that." They have all these personal feelings toward their characters. Is that how you are with your characters? Yeah, I mean, I think that characters stick with me, but again, I a lot of times I do a combination. It depends, I guess. So sometimes I create characters and they're sort of versions, combined versions of people I know, you know, like um, just different characteristics of certain people and what they mean to me or how I would interact with them. And sometimes I just have to start, like I know there's going to be a character, like there needs to be certain characters, and I don't necessarily know what their personality is going to be. Um, I'm writing a, a series about Florida man stories right now, like uh, where I'm pulling <laughs> pull from the news. It's, it's fun. And it's more of a police procedural, I'd say, sort of. Um, and there was, there's a character which I didn't realize. I knew he'd kind of be a main character, but I, now I'm like, oh, no, he might be, like, the main male lead. Who knew? And I had no idea, really, <laughs> his personality per se. I knew he needed to be there as a foil to the other characters, but now he's really kind of come into his own, and he's a little bit different than anyone I've written previously, a little eh, a little bit more um, uptight on the surface and things like that. And so, um, I don't know, they kind of do a combination of, of well, they always come alive, but I was going to say they're, they're a combination of probably things I'm familiar with, because obviously I can't completely write from a place that I don't know at all. You know, so I've luckily been around so many kinds of people that I have a lot to pull from and lots of weird people and interesting people. And um, Well, you're in Florida. Exactly. <laughs> I will never <laughs> run out of material or characters. Um, yeah, but I mean, you do grow, you know, you grow attached to them, especially when you're writing, when you're writing it because you're getting into their head, you know, you're hopping from head to head. But I mean, if you think about it, even if you're interviewing in a, like, uh, in a crime, like in a nonfiction situation, you're still sort of putting a narrative or trying to, even in an interview, trying to get into the head of the people you're interviewing, right? Well, to some degree. Somewhere. Are they lying yeah. to you? Or, it's, you know, it's, that kind of well, no, it's just, well, I, I let them be who they are, and then you've got to push a few buttons, right? That's kind of how it goes. But that's probably, you know, you're reading them, I guess. You know, you're trying to figure out, you know, if they're being honest or how much they're willing to give you. I imagine, I don't know, I assume you add some narrative to it. Or, uh, well, I'll, have to, I'll have to shadow you. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Well, it's also, you know, we're, we're getting into the head of, uh, you know, the characters, uh, I want to get into your head a little bit and just, <laughs> and just ask, um, when, when, when you hear, uh, well, I, I shouldn't uh, say it like that, but when, when you have your characters, um, do you hear them? Like, I hear voices. Is basically, <laughs> I hear voices in my head, and I kind of transcribe. And some people, there's some writers, even some, there are some people who, I guess, don't have this inner monologue in their head, which I have never known. And I'm just wondering, do, you, do these, these characters come to you? Do, you? do you hear their voices? Do you hear the narration? Is it more, that, uh, is it more visual for you? Uh, and, uh, you know, how do you, how do you transcribe these, uh, these ideas and, and turn them into stories? Yeah, I'm, I think that a lot of creative types, and I've never, I don't know why I'm using that, that much, that, as much today, but creative types. But, uh, you know, we all have, like, these weird quirks of how we're talked to. 
Um, I realized, I was told by my mother, actually, a couple years or several years ago, she's like, well, you're a visual learner. I was like, I am? And I was like, she's right, I am. And, uh, and I found when I'm writing that I will, I'm kind of picturing the scene in my head. And I almost, hmm. I, I almost, I mean, probably completely do, like get into that character. So I'll be writing and like the look comes over my face because my brain is, or my my imagination, I guess, is doing something. It's doing one thing, and then my hands, if I'm typing or if I'm auto-dictating, which I do sometimes now, you know, they're sort of doing their own thing. So there's sort of two things happening where, one, I'm mm -hmm. visualizing the scene and kind of going from character. I'm either looking at the scene as it's playing out and watching the two characters or if it's a more, if it's a one-person scene or a, a monologue or just dialogue, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just be in that one person, their head, and just trying to think through what they would say. And I find that, you know, sometimes I'm crying. Sometimes I, like, have a really, like, a, whatever the look is on my face. And uh, I'm married, and then my husband walked in, I think, a week ago or something. He's like, what's wrong? I was like, well, I don't even remember what, you know, but this guy did this, and like, she's blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I was like, just turn around, but I was, you know, my, I think that I actually just sort of start embodying it in my, in my mind, so I'm watching the movie and also, like, play acting it at the same time, and so it's a mm. combination. So, Wow. I think we've met someone more insane than David. <laughs> That's rare. That's why we're best friends. Hunting? Do you hunt your characters? Sorry, say again. I mean, if you can't find, if you if you're kind of stuck for a character or you're not sure, do you go out actually looking for people to see if you can pick up a character, or uh, do you go like to a coffee shop and hang out, or a grocery store, go to a co Costco maybe, and and look at people? And does that does that kind of work for you, or is it just nothing like that? I have not left my house in over a year, so that's not current. <laughs> um, I've left it a couple times. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, back in the day, especially when I was younger, I mean, I would be on the bus, or I would always be writing, you know, character notes, or I just remember when I was younger, I'd constantly be out and looking at people and looking at scenarios and situations and, and writing. So I can do that. Most of the time now, I just um i pull or i'll create a name i again i'll create a character and i often give them names right away sometimes i have to change those names but i kind of just go on instinct i'm like this name is going to be this and then if i don't know who they are yet or what they're supposed to do i just start writing and that's sort of the best way to i think push through the writer's block for me because if it's terrible I'll just say you know oh if it's terrible I'll just get rid of it I don't have to use it but usually if I get to a point where I'm overthinking it and I can't get there I just have to start and then things will start falling into place a little bit and sometimes you know might be walking around and you know I walking away from it but usually as far as character development I think you really just or at least for me I have to sit down and start writing because all you know my best laid plans are going to go to waste once it all, it starts rolling out. Once I actually start typing what I need from that character, even though it might seem like, oh, it's coming to me, but it's also kind of what you need to push the narrative, is going to kind of start making more sense in coming out. And also I know a lot of people, weird people, like I said. So. 
Yeah, yeah well, you're in this. <laughs> but I just wonder, have you ever gotten into a book where you're writing it and putting it together and things are all kind of happening, and it goes in a place that you didn't, you don't really like, that you're not really sure that you like the way the book comes out and you don't want to necessarily publish it the way oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, <laughs> even the book I'm promoting right now, which is probably a terrible plug, but, um, you know, <laughs> I wrote, like, <laughs> this is one of those books. <laughs> no, but it was it was a totally different, it was an unexpected book. I didn't plan to write it. It was very different. It's almost a crossover between the two audiences. I um, I write, I have a one fairly popular um, pen name in Sweet Romance, and I love writing for her. And uh, But also I knew I wanted to write mystery, which had always been my plan to write mystery. And this was sort of a segue um, between those two, but I hadn't planned to write it, and it was completely different. And I, uh, because it was, it's so different from anything I expected. I I kind of grew up more um, Carl Hyacin and Edna Buchanan, and I had these ideas of who I was as a mystery writer, or which I mean, I still have those ideas. I still hope to live up to those. Um, but you know, I was writing a book that uh, that was different than that and it took me a long time and we did some re-edits which was really helpful I had a great editor and and I think for the audience it's for it's great it's exactly what they need it was but it was a little bit hard for me to swallow for a long time because I was like oh no what is this defines me as an author or what if it's not the right thing for I don't know I just I didn't quite know where it it was supposed to live and I also have other books that just sometimes you get to a point and you're like, oh, I think I need to walk away from this one. And I, I hate wasting words and I hate wasting writing. Um, so sometimes you just put it on the back burner and maybe it never gets off the back burner, but then I don't have to make that call. I just put it there. And that's another thing I've learned yeah. from publishing is that, you know, publishing so much is like, that's okay. You don't have to put out every single thing you touch, which is hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you you never, you never know. You know, you could all, it could ruin you too, right? <laughs> that in the beginning with the whole reference to what's his name. I'm not going to say it. Well, I mean, you know, there's it, nothing wrong with being friends with someone that does something wrong. That's where all our good stories are. <laughs> well, you certainly would have a lot of characters there. Just saying, but. Um, <laughs> Well, that's that's interesting. But so, what do you get out of each thing you write? Then, if some things don't come out because it's just it's not the right time or the right place, or you need to do more, other things come out and all that. But when a book is released and you're finished with it, um, does it change you? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I I've never thought about that, but um, maybe I mean. Well, I, I, I look at it because each book I do, um, after 2022, I find that each each one I go through and I come out to the next one, I write differently. I'm a little bit different than I was before. And I think it's to do with the actual book that I've just finished. That's sort yeah, of Yeah, no, I think, I think that makes a lot of sense. And actually, I mean, I think just like with anything you do, everything's building, a building block. You know, everything you touch helps you to grow hopefully you know you're always learning and growing and I definitely think with every book um, I you, I change or I get better I hope and um, I maybe I try something new so yeah I definitely think it it helps to change me and to help 
build me, I guess, into the human I'm continuing to become and hopefully a better version of me. And, I, and it probably, it, it's sort of like your first book and your fifth book, you're definitely going to be a little bit different too, just from the experience and from just going through that process and having more confidence or, or having those experiences and maybe in being in those stories too. I'm wondering too, with the, um, you talk about the, uh, genre romance, uh, mystery, uh, uh, genre tends to be, I think, you know, fairly structured. Do you find that structure helpful in creating your stories or do you find it restrictive? Um, I am by by nature. I don't think this, but I'm told it by everyone that apparently I am I'm rebellious and rule breaking by nature. And so <laughs> I, I and it's very difficult. And so I kind of like the structure, even though I struggle mm -hmm. with it, because I think that people like if you're, you know, again I'm gonna say if you're. Creative, for example, if you were given, if someone said you could do anything, it's like, whoa, way too many options because I don't know how to do the best thing ever. You know, I used to even think that in film. If someone gave me money and said, make the best film ever, I'd be like, oh, I have no idea what the best film ever is. If they said, okay, you have. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know, five sticks. I don't know why I'm using that as an example, but like, you know, and um, an abandoned warehouse and this one character, what can you do with that? And I'd be like, oh, I can come up with something, you know, with those restrictions. So in a weird way, I think someone like me who can find possibility in almost anything, I find adventure in anything. I find fun in like everything. I can always find the silver lining in everything, even when it's terrible. And so for someone like me, I think structure is great because I'm, not good with it, but it's helpful because then I will naturally kind of go outside of it, but it's, it reigns it in and it gives me a starting place. So even I, I try really hard to use the structure, even though, and I know what it is and it's right there and it should be so simple. Um, but I don't know that I always nail it, but again, sort of like what we were just talking about, hopefully as more books, as I do more and more books, I'll, that'll be something that I'm better and better at just sort of nailing those genre expectations. But so I, I kind of weirdly <laughs> like the structure because I'm terrible at structure, if that makes sense. So they, they read one of your books and there's a story, there's a romance, there's a crime or whatever it is. There's, there's all of the obvious, but is there an underlying, let's say, storyline or text uh, that you want people to pick up? Yeah, I actually... I had a lot. I had a hard time for a long time justifying why it was important to become a fiction writer because I didn't think it was important to be a fiction writer, and it, that was, I think, one of my blocks in in becoming what I would later become and want it to become. You know, because I've always I've studied avant-garde film and and I've read a lot of you know highbrow literature and also you know nonfiction. I read a ton of nonfiction, and and it was difficult for me to justify. Even though I enjoy fiction, especially mysteries, I don't have, I, I don't like romance in my mystery. And just putting that out there. Um, but uh, yeah. even though it's, it's as a marketing thing, apparently it's really good. But I hate it um, when I'm reading it. But but um, <laughs> yeah, I I finally found that I don't know if it's my calling or whatever. But one of the things I'm most excited about, or most passionate about, or most vocal about just even in my relationships and my friendships is people taking the action that they need to live the life that is right for them, live a good life, live a fun life, live an interesting life, like live into their joy or passion or whatever it is that's good for them, that they want, that would make them happy. Like for a very simple, simple word, like what would make you happy? And if your life isn't making you happy right now, how can you do that? Like it is so possible to, live or do interesting things and live in a way that you want to live, even with all the restrictions we have in our lives and obligations. And so I finally realized that through my books, I could show people and hopefully motivate them to take actions, take bold actions, take little actions, whatever it is to, to do what they want to do. So a lot of times I try and push that subtext in some way with the hope that when you're reading fiction, you're looking for an escape, but you're also looking for a way to be motivated and to be inspired and to be excited. And so, it, you know, the same thing, like when you watch a super 
fun action movie. You know, you kind of get all revved up inside, and you're like, I could probably jump from rooftop to rooftop. And maybe you don't, but maybe you go to the gym the next day. <laughs> maybe it's like a little push to be like, if that's something that excites you, you know, if that's something that resonates with you. Um, and so I do try, or I do hope, I guess, that in all of my books that there's this sort of motivation for people to be willing to take risks in their own life to to be happy or to do things that, that excite them or to make them happy. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I just watched that uh, Nicolas Cage uh, action movie from last night, the uh, Joe Jitsu, and it was just awesome. <laughs> well, that's got to be one of the worst I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I had no inspiration to jump from one roof to another, maybe jump off the roof if I made that film. Just, just saying, you know. I did not write that. Um. <laughs> I was going to say, but why, why, do you hate, why do you hate romance so much? I actually love romance now. Um, I never really read it until I started writing it, and my mother-in-law really loved it, and so I started writing for her because she was always reading that. And so I actually really do enjoy writing romance now. I just don't like it in the middle of my mystery book. Like if I'm reading, a de- if I'm a detective on a case, I don't understand why we're trying to solve a murder, but you're going to go on a date. I'm just like, what are you doing? And so, yeah, it's a weird peeve <laughs> where... Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, because I, I like a lot of the old radio, and yeah. I like the, uh, the old, like, Harry Niles and all this stuff. So there's kind of no romance. There's sometimes a little suggestion here and there, but no, no, it doesn't get into any sort of, yeah, dating life romance. So I, I You can be that. like a playboy and a scoundrel. You know, we like, I want the characters to be funny and, you know, sarcastic and they can be roguish or whatever. I just don't need personally, and I'll let it slide sometimes, but I just don't need a full-blown, like, romance to explore that because we're, it's a different mindset. For me, it's just like a different part of my brain. I'm like trying to solve a puzzle, right? You know, I'm not like, it's just a different different mode and I'm always kind of jolted out of it when they're like, Oh, and his, his eyes, but then it's like a whole chapter. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Too much. And and that's, it's pretty interesting, but so what do you, how do you, with your romance, like uh, cozy and strong, maybe explain that to someone like me who's an amateur. What does that mean when you have a cozy or um, a sweet romance? What, what, what are the variations? Um, Sweet romance is, Basically, I guess to romance what cozy mystery is to mystery. Um, and again, I kind of came into it sideways, but I really enjoy a lot of it. Or I actually enjoyed a lot. It's a lot of fun. But so sweet romance is also called clean romance, and it's no um, no sex or no swearing, basically. Um, and for, for a very, very uh, rudimentary definition, as opposed to a steamy or a sexy romance novel where you're going to get a lot of that or some variation in between. And so like a Hallmark movie is going to be uh, more of like a sweet romance style. And sweet's kind of, the words kind of change a little bit over time. And so that's been the sort of word du jour for the last, I'd say two years. Before that, it was more clean romance. Um, So now that's that. But, um, and then cozy mystery is, is, Similar where you're not going to, basically I'd say no, no super graphic um, 
gruesomeness, no super, like the, the murder's going to happen behind closed doors. They're going to come in, they're going to talk about it, but they're, they're going to recognize that it happened, but they're not going to describe it. They're, you know, you're not going to have like a major recount of what happened from in like a sort of graphic way. And again, you're probably not going to have much or any um, swearing or anything that's like too hardcore. Um, you know, weirdly, you, Sue Grafton, I was, back in the day, I was like, are Janet Ivanovich and Sue Grafton technically cozy? And it's just confusing, you know, I'm even learning all these things in real time because they don't, and they, they write, um, Sue Grafton wrote, you know, the A is for Alibi, Kinsey Milhone series, and then Janet Ivanovich had the Stephanie Plum series. And they're kind of, you know, so some people consider that cozy, but then is it like a light mystery or like a detective? You know, it's, you can kind of get, it gets a little bit wishy-washy, but there's like legit cozy where it's a small town and, you know, usually the person owns a bakery or some sort of cute small business and there's usually an animal sidekick and there's, you know, some reader expectation in that. Um, I kind of played with that. I probably, again, broke the rules and didn't do a great one with my recent book that I'm just putting out. Again, it's a little bit, I feel like I'm like, I'm leading my readers down a terrible path. I'm like, look at how gentle and fun this is. And I'm like, come deeper into my Florida man mysteries and then my fake your own death lady. Um, and, but, uh, so I don't know. I think it's confusing when you're, when you're writing mystery that is not thriller suspense necessarily, but, um, but is maybe a little bit more lighthearted and colorful, uh, you know, which I, which I, I like that, but in, in traditional, traditional cozies, but you know, in, in legit, like a hundred percent cozies, I do think there's a lot of, there's a lot of humor too, and a lot of more slapstick um, element to it. If that makes some sense. Well, I'm wondering too, um, with, with cozies and, you know, I tend to deal with like horror and science fiction. So I have like monsters running around eating people. It's very close. And um, I was wondering, you know, uh, how do you take everyday life and make it interesting and engaging within, within the story? I'm just curious about that. As in, so you're basically just saying, how do you take this boring thing, which I'm thinking is cozy mysteries? Well, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, just normal life, and then and and then like kind of expanding and blowing it up to make it, uh, you know, without having monsters jump out. And I mean, eat think about. I mean, from if you read true crime, for example, it's insane. Or if you read yeah. any Florida headline, right? It's like real life is crazy, <laughs> and uh, you know. And I've yeah. even had some stuff in in my, you know, a conversation maybe. For never, but like, you know, personal experience with like real life is crazy when it comes to crime and mystery. Mm -hmm. And, and it is, uh, you know, when you really dive into it, this book that I am putting out right now or that's coming out right now, I actually didn't put a massive crime. Um, there was like no crime. It's, it's more about genealogy, which sounds really interesting, right? Um, no. but I mean, it actually was because I would be, uh, because again, it was the Hallmark Channel. It was like looking at, but it was looking at the stories that we don't tell and the mysteries of everyday life. And it's like, man, those, I mean, I actually had to like tone it down and like choose a storyline that wasn't too much because the stuff that happens in real life can get pretty, you know, dicey or I don't know, you know, people's real, the people's real stories and things can actually be pretty interesting. And then you just have to, you know, tell it well, I guess anything you tell well and you, you lay out, 
in an interesting way. I think a lot of people who like mysteries uh, are good at or enjoy puzzles or good at puzzles and things like that, you know, sort of riddles, puzzles, um, mysteries, and just wanting to know. So you're giving pieces of information in different ways and helping or giving them enough and, like, helping them along and then, like, challenging them and throwing in red herrings and doing all these things, which is very similar to a police investigation because, as you know, I'm a police officer, a detective, and I know exactly <laughs> how that happens. But, um, no, but, you know, you're, you're putting things in there in an interesting way so people are like, ah, is it this person, is it that person? The same thing when we watch a show or even when you have monsters. I imagine, you know, you're still trying to create a page turner. Absolutely. You're choosing well, real life. You haven't read this book. <laughs> uh, so, so the book you're, you're not promoting is Headlines, Deadlines, and Lies. Um, so now when you say it's uh, about the world of genealogy, so is there a Mormon in this or what? Um, all Mormons. No, it's, uh, it's actually um, it's, uh, about a... Uh, a small-town magazine in the Panhandle of Florida, or a newspaper, sort of one of those glossy newspaper magazines, like Parade, and the main character works there, but she works as a photo editor, and she gets the opportunity to write a story for a certain demographic, which she is not part of, I guess, the, she gets to, what her mother is, and she basically lies and says that she's a genealogy expert, and so she thinks she has this sort of... Um, easy story. She's just going to hit it out of the park and get this great promotion that she's always wanted. And it turns out that the complicated stories and lies that people tell to cover up their past or to kind of smooth the edges of their family histories is way more complicated than she assumes it is. And, you know, it can, the truth may destroy people's lives or, or the, the lives that people have created around the lies. That make, you know what I'm saying? Like we create yeah, this yeah. narrative often, and that's usually to to either protect ourselves or protect others or protect your family. And so people are like, "Oh, this is this is the family lore, and it's this." But then once you start peeling that back, maybe you find that that was not the case. And uh, so it was. It's actually a very fun book, and it's a lot more about family and friendship. And again, these these lives that we create or these stories that we create to protect people, but then do they really protect you and, and getting to the bottom of them and how getting to the bottom of them can be very mysterious. Yeah. And, but no, it's not dirty. No graphic sex no. or violent murders. There is a, it's a hot, uh, worldly crime reporter who moves to the town. So, you know, I did, I did do the thing, but that's because it was for a specific audience. And so, there is, yeah. there is some nice sweet romance <laughs> in this particular book because it's a fun crossover. And this is a real fun beach read or an armchair read. And it is, a, especially in the world where we are right now, I think a lot of us can, could deal with some good escapism, some good, very lovely, lighthearted wow. escapism. Mm. What's, what's going on <laughs> in the world? I, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything, I'm just good. reading my own book, so I don't know. Yeah, just, you haven't even left your house. How do you know? Jeez. Um, so now if people want to come uh, hunt you down and find you, uh, what's your website and where do, where do they go? Uh, StephanieLevine.com has links to everything. And I'm also on all of your favorite online platforms. Um, Amazon is a great place to follow because I put out 
Um, that's going to sound wrong because I put my books out on Amazon and uh, <laughs> and uh, they're always there. Bookbub, Goodreads, all those places. So wherever you like to be, if you're bookish and you like to follow authors, you will probably find me there. And Instagram and all those fun places. I try very hard to be on there. <laughs> Do my best. Mm. Do you, well, do you like interacting with people then, or do you like, like, and, and do reviews bother you, or do they sort of, or do you follow the reviews? Yeah, I think it's hard not to. Again, that's where my, my two little sides come out on my, you know, kind of commenting, because you can get, you know, 20 great reviews, and then there's one person who will say, ah, oh, this book wasn't for me, and you're like, but why? I clearly can see that this was not the book for you, like you were expecting a different book by your review, and so you are clearly not my readership, but yet I want you to like this, or I want you to, like, love it. Not even like, you're like, and so I think it's really hard, but I have learned through all of my pen name experiences to kind of push that aside and say, you know what, you're, you're never going to please everybody, and that's okay. This, your stories aren't for every single person. You know, sometimes I read books that aren't great, but I get a little nugget out of them, and that's great. That's what that book was for. And so I try and I try to have uh, <laughs> an even keel about um, about all that, and just realize, you know. So you're not you're not hunting down people that give you bad. Kind of small <laughs> list. <laughs> Hunt them down, and and that's that's in your violent. <laughs> mystery books. I told you I'm going to give my PI lessons next year, and so, well, you know, practice one. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's perfect Found, for practice uh, the people that write something. You write something bad, I'm going to get you. Um, find out everything well, about you. you know, good for the goose, good for the gander, right? I mean, you know, that's the saying from my old day. Um, so, I, I was another thing, Did, you know, the... Um, you were talking about the world and how crazy things are and that. The last couple of years... It, and especially the last year or so with this COVID and all that, has that seeped into your writing, do you think? Do you think that it gets absorbed by you and you get a little darker or you have a little bit more of a, a fear in your writing? Um, I am a ridiculously optimistic person, and I will so I'll say, um, <laughs> and I think that really, really optimistic people actually can be very, very dark and, like, we stay optimistic so we don't fall down the black hole of like, oh my gosh, it's all terrible. It's like, no, I can't, I can't go there. Um, so I have been one of those people who's actually really benefited from quarantine life, um, not COVID. I wish that were not a thing, but, um, you know, for all the reasons. But being in quarantine and being just sort of having a very pared down version of life was really, really nice for me. Um, so I don't think that it didn't, affected my writing in a dark way. Um, I know some people have written it into their stories, and I've actually, I haven't done that. I've considered it, and I, I feel like it's kind of, one, it's kind of a decision, especially in fiction, because if you're writing, say, a pan, this pandemic into your writing, it's sort of like writing a fax machine in. At some point, people are going to be like, oh, that dates it, that ages your story, um, and puts it mm -hmm. in a very specific time and place. Um, which I just think should be a conscious decision as a writer, uh, or at least a fiction writer, um, which I haven't felt the need to do. If I was writing to market right now, like, oh, I should put down, out a quarantine book, then maybe I would. But, no, I don't know. I, I think the world slowing down was, was nice or is good for me, is nice for me. Again, please note, I wish there were no 
pandemic going on. I would like to remove pandemic, but you know, having the the that slowed down sent a bit of life was uh, was good for someone like me because I can be either very introverted or very extroverted, and it's hard when you're someone who's good as an extrovert to say no and to stop and to not be pulled in a million different directions. And so, hopefully, my writing has benefited from less insanity, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting time. Plus, I think if you if you put in a, um, this particular pandemic and something in your writing, uh, there's the unsure. You know, we don't know how it ends and where it goes from here. So there's it could also turn out bad by putting it in a book. I think. Yeah, will be like, you commented on that thing and made it happen. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> we we know it's all your fault, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you see yourself going? Where Where are you going with all this uh, with the writing thing? Uh, you think you can do it? Are you talking to me or David? <laughs> yeah. No, him. I know he can't. But we're, no, we're, we know we can't. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like, where Where do you see yourself going? Like uh, changing the style of writing, or do you think you just? Like, what's the future for Stephanie? Uh, well, I, you know, the last several several years writing under my pen names, I know that, like, I know how to be a somewhat successful writer. You know, I make a full-time living at this, and that's pretty awesome to be able to do. And so I'm really, really thankful for mm -hmm. that. And uh, so I think now it's about growing into my next, my next version, my next phase or chapter or whatever as a writer and as a, a mystery I'm going to say mystery writer for lack of a more de defined word. But, you know, I, I think that I'm sort of at the beginning of this this part, and that will become – I don't I mean, I, just, I don't really know what it's going to look like. I kind of – I have a – I know what the next six books will look like. Um, I hope I start writing TV series or maybe a film. You know, I, I want to work some of that in. So, I mean, I, I like – talking and doing a lot of these type of things. I I don't know. I, I, I know where it's going, and I also don't know where it's going as far as what it will look like in two or three years. I know what it will probably look like in a year, you know, so, and 10 years and 20 years, I'm not quite sure, but I'm, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know that this is where I'm supposed to be right now, and it will lead to the next right thing because that's what happens for me mm. in a good way. Well, but you're you're going to be a PI, right? So, what? How does that tie into to to your I life? I think I just want to do it. <laughs> I, just, I, I always <laughs> like to learn new things, and um, I'm all, I'm I mean I'm doing it as a writer first and foremost, and also like, I've realized I'm very snoopy, or um, <laughs> you know when the sirens are going off in the neighborhood, I'm like, what is that? For the record, police scanners are useless, and you know. <laughs> Uh, uh, when there's something about Mary came out, I still lived in Boston at the time, and I was, it was from South Florida, and it was just like a hugely, I don't know that you can call this a hugely impactful movie, but it was for me because it was my home, and anyway, there's a character in it, and she's the older woman who has huge bleached hair and is overly tan and she's like always on the police scanner out on her back porch. I'm like, that will be me one day. That's going to be it. That's awesome. I'm going to be like a weird old lady who's like listening to a police scanner. Um, but I don't know. I, I just always, if things come to me and I'm like, I, you know, what would that be like? I've always thought about 
getting that, you know, getting my PI license just because, because I find it interesting and I want to know all the ins and outs. And then I usually just get to a point where something's been on my mind for years playing around like, aha, that would be funny to being like, yep, okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, a month or two ago, I was like, I, I think it's about time. I think I'm going to do that. Why? I don't know. It just seems right. It seems right for now. And so then I was on there figuring out, and I'd be doing it right now, but I just have uh, too many books I'm putting out and too many things. So I'm thinking maybe fall of this year I'll, I'll do the course. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's good. I mean, we should all uh, have that kind of courage. I mean, I, I, I want to be a stripper, but nobody wants to see that. So, <laughs> but I should have the courage have to, to do it, you know, I mean, you know, anyway, but, uh, well, what a great show. It's been a really good time talking to you, and we, we've learned a lot. My God, we've learned a lot. We've learned that uh, Stephanie Levine really wants to be a weird old lady with bleach blonde hair, tans, overly tanned in Florida, writing books that she doesn't want people to buy. With a police scanner. <laughs> with a police scanner. Oh, yeah, I can't. Don't forget that. Yeah. The hair and the tan are just a byproduct of being out in the sun too much. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get to the bottom well, of what's know. going on. Yes. Exactly. So, I mean, hey, um, so everybody, we have something to look forward to. Um, and now the, uh, uh, the book that we're telling you not to buy is called Headlines, Deadlines, and Lies. It's the Sunshine State, Cozy and Crime. And the guest has been, or our guest has been the author of that book, Stephanie Levine. Thank you for being here. Thank you guys so much. This is a great time. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, 
hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.